Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestlers with Experience podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? That's that rare intro by John Cena. Very, very, very rare. I'm talking, it was supposed to be his NWO heel music that he never used. That was a time ago. Don't ask me how I got a hold of it. I think it just did. Anyhow, a lot of people don't know. I'm not going to get into that conversation, but there was a time that John Cena was going to, if you didn't know what that Firefly Funhouse match was, he was going to come out as the leader of the New World Order. Another conversation for another day. I want to talk about a very special Dark Side of the Ring um, pay-per-view. And the ship was called not big pay-per-view uh, event that took place in the WWE in mid-1998 going into 1999. It finalized officially at the 1999 WrestleMania 14. But it started on Raw 629-1998, and it was called the Brawl for All, to- for All Tournament. Now, we do know there was a recent Dark Side of the Ring talking about it. A lot of wrestlers had a lot to say about it. A lot of stat, WWE staff had a lot to say about it. It's considered one of the worst moments of booking and ideas in WWE history and possibly wrestling history. Now, a lot of people could say, well, Dietrich was entertaining. It was fun. It really wasn't. And if you have a love and a support for this business as I do, and if you understand the financial workings of a company and how much it takes to build one wrestling talent, then Jesus Christ, you don't understand the business. And not everybody's meant to understand the business. Some people just need need to enjoy it. The Brawl for All was a tournament where two wrestlers were going in and they would go and fight under the knockout conditions, technical knockout decisions, points drawn for amount of punches landed, or if they were taken down to the mat, but then they had to let them back up again. The rules kept changing as the nights go on, and the brawl for all was one of those things that we that a lot of people at the time, us being younger fans or us being fans of the business at the time, before having access to how much of the world of wrestling work and how its mechanics work, had no idea that this cost the WWE more money than a little bit. 
And I personally think that this is one of the dumbest events of all time. And there's a lot of people to blame for this. The number one person to blame is Vince McMahon. A lot of people want to say, oh, it was Vince Russo. It's this and that. No, it was Vince McMahon when you sit back and think about it. Um, it was broken down. It was 16 wrestlers. Steve Blackman, Mark Merrow, Mark, Can- uh, Mark Canterbury, Bradshaw, Baracus, Sadio Vega, Davin Draws Off, Davin Draws Draws Off, Road Warrior Hawk, Hawk, Bart, Bart Gunn, Billy Gunn, Quebecer Pierre, Steve Williams, The Godfather, Dan Severin, Eight Ball, and Tuco Scorpio, which we all know from various wrestling promotions from around the world. Some of these guys were dead in the water. Some of these guys were sitting around the locker room. Some of these guys were just jobbing out and being branded as jobbers as their career moved forward in the WWE. And Vince Russo had the bright idea that he should do a boxing match. And to the ignorance of Vince Russo, he was just in the company on the writing team for less than about less or two a year's time. And he must have walked into the WWE locker room, a.k.a. the WWF locker room at the time. Excuse me. And he heard Bradshaw talking shit. And Bradshaw has been known to be allegedly a little bit of a well, not allegedly has been known to be a little bit of a bully. And he's been known to talk his shit. Now, as a person who's been inside of a re- who has been inside of a wrestler's locker room, I would say it's a, bu- a bunch of alcoholic, gun-toting, foul mouth men who are just talking shit while they're waiting to go out to the ring and have their match and make their money for the night and then head on to the next town. If you've ever been in any locker room, whether female or male locker room of any type of sport or sports entertainment, the locker room is not always a friendly fit, uh, a friendly place. There's no safe space in a locker room. Let me say that for the millennials. And your man, brah, brah, as he says all the time, Vince Russo walks into the locker room. And he hears Bradshaw talking, I'm, I can knock each and every last one of you motherfuckers out. And if nobody else is offended in the locker room at what Bradshaw is saying, one person is, and his name is Vince Russo. Now this, before I go on into the rest of the bro for all and the details that was learned and what I've learned over the years about it and this, that, and the other, Bradshaw is known for talking shit. A lot of us in those locker rooms growing up, whether high school, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, whatever it is, talk shit in those locker rooms. It's where your freedom lies, where the world is not allowed to judge you. And here comes this fucking faggot. Yeah, I said it just like that. Walks into the goddamn locker room and talks and gets upset because he is offended at Bradshaw talking shit to the boys in the locker room. And he gets so mad and so envious and so angry that he wants to find a way to shut Bradshaw up. If someone wanted to shut Bradshaw up, he would have done it. Now, let me point out something to you. And Jim Cornette brought this to my attention. Bradshaw was just off of being with the Blackjacks and that tag team group. He hadn't had enough clout or power in the locker room to intimidate anyone. 
So how can he be a bully with no power in the locker room? He wasn't a locker room leader. He was at the bottom of the card with the rest of the boys at the bottom of the card. He wasn't even mid card. And you're upset that Bradshaw is talking shit to his fucking friends, people that you're not even friends with. And you're judging him because he let his nuts hang. You're judging him. And when I mean let his nuts hang for the people who don't understand the terminology, where I'm from, when someone say let your nuts hang, it's called being a man. So because he's letting his dick and balls hang, you mad because he's talking shit and you want to find a way to shut him up. Did he get in your face? Did he threaten you personally? Did he make you feel like some type of a bitch or made you feel like you had to bend over and take it from him? I highly doubt that. But you had to find a way and you went into your little fucking cave with Ed Farrar and watching your little bullshit ass. How, uh, not Howard Stern, excuse me. Uh, I'm about to say Richard Bay. I'm mentioning all the old shows. Pardon me. Jerry Springer writing wrestling shit. And then you come up with this idea from the brawl for all. And this is where I can't get mad at Vince McMahon. Yes, he's wrong for doing this and not thinking it through. But Vince McMahon is first and foremost a promoter. He tried the XFL twice now and has failed. Which means he was willing to compete with Major League Baseball. This is also a man who created a bodybuilding federation and danced in a suit in front of everybody. Which means as a businessman, he's not scared to start businesses. Because what if the brawl for all would have worked? It would have been a new business venture. And mind you, I'm going to give you guys a piece of information. If you can find a VHS tape, which a lot of you do have out there, of the night of, it, it was called the, 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 I think it was like the best of five or the best of four cassette tape series. And it has Survivor Series. It has Breakdown. It has, it was like, it was basically like the Steve Austin 1998 saga. So it had King of the Ring. It had WrestleMania, it had Survivor Series, SummerSlam, Breakdown, and so on. Yeah, those are the five. Anyhow, not in no particular order. And motherfucking, on the back of the WrestleMania 18 cassette tape, excuse me, I'm sitting near the window, it says, executively produced, Jesus Christ, you know, they don't hear me trying to work out here. And it says, executively, executive produced. No, it says WrestleMania produced, produced by Don King. So somewhere in there, the only person who's ever gotten credit on paper for producing a WWE, WWE event was not a Kevin Dunn, was not a Bruce Pritchard, was not a Vince McMahon. It was Titan Sports. And Don fucking King. So you don't think that in his head, he can go into Don King's world and create in a home brew his own set of fighters. Because if this is a success, this big man goes into the boxing promoting business. He's a fearless man and a man with the income to go after his fucking dreams. Why wouldn't he do the brawl for all? 
Take all of your egos or what you think you know about Vince McMahon and businesses and just look at a businessman with money and opportunity and a locker room full of talent. In his head, there might be somebody in the brawl for all out of this whole thing that can do it. Steve Blackman is a legit fighter. Mark Merrow, Golden Gloves champion. Bradshaw looks like he could swing. Barakas was a big for nothing German, former bodybuilder. Davin Drosnoff comes from the hard-hitting world of football. Road Warrior Hawk looks like a tough guy on paper. Bart Gunn, the unicorn of it all. Bob Holly, a.k.a. Vince McMahon's enforcer for many years. Steve Williams, which is the one who lost the most out of everyone. Quebec Pierre, who gives a fuck? The Godfather, he already had his gimmick going. He was going to make money for years. Dan Severin was the great all of the great all time super fight champion. Eight Ball, who gives a fuck about him? And Two Cold Scorpio, hey, they needed somebody to fill up the space. And then this shit went for a first round, a second round, and a third round. And as we're going on, we get to a very unique fight. And they said that the winner of this match, of this whole thing, allegedly, will go on to fight Steve Austin, excuse me, the wrestle against Steve Austin in a program, which makes sense. You got to do something with the winner if that is the true story. So Steve Williams, a.k.a. Dr. Death Steve Williams, they are assuming that he's going to knock out Bart Gunn because he's this legit tough guy. And that there's, as Jim Ross said, well, God damn it, son, we know blah, 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 this, that, and the other. He's going to go on and he's going to win that match. And we're not going to worry about it because it seemed like it was designed all around Steve Williams winning. And this is where the lines are blurred, where Ronda Rousey is right. Where people think that because you're a tough guy in a fucking wrestling ring. Wrestling's fake. Because you're a tough guy in the ring and you have this tough guy persona because you were being booked in this position of tough toughness. People seem to believe that to tend to buy their own bullshit. And what you had was a whole locker room full of men who believe Steve Williams was the legit tough guy. He was when you watch that first fight between Quebec Pierre and Steve Williams which Quebec Pierre was one, had one eye. And, and Dr. Death Steve Williams, you will learn that Dr. Death can't throw a punch to save his fucking life. Yes, he was a two-time All-American. Yes, he was a grand, he was a wrestling, uh, am, uh, amateur wrestling champion. Yes, he was a football player. Yes, he was all of these things, but a real fighter he was not. And if you go back and watch that, I'm from now Dietrich Davis himself. I'm from Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York. You learn very fast that Bart Gunn, I mean, Bart Gunn, that Steve Williams can get knocked out by anyone. Okay. If you would have put Mark Merrow against Steve Williams, Mark Merrow would have knocked him out because Mark Merrow is a Golden Gloves champion, which means trained professional fighter. Okay. Dan Severin beat the Godfather with three points and then Dan Severin bowed out because this is not the place for him. It makes no sense. Think about that. 
Godfather had the joy of losing twice. No, once. And then moving forward and then lose again to Bart Gunn by KO. You can't assume that because they're this persona that you get that the wrestling community has written, designed and put together for you on television does not make you a legit tough guy. And it seems like people forgot that when this brawl for all thing was going. You got this fake wrestling making people think that the tough guy gimmick was something that was real. That's the sad part. These are phony tough guys that can only be tough in the rules of wrestling. That is it. And Bart Gunn proved that in the real, in the real world, all 16 men were losers with the exception of Dan Severin. He proved that he was a fucking stud. And the one thing a lot of people don't like is when they know they're in a room with someone that got a bigger dick than them and that they're a fucking stud. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, Dietrich Davis is a ruler carrying big dick and I'm a fucking stud and I know it. So now, no, now how do people feel when they know that's in the room? And Bart Gunn proved that. He broke the ego of professional wrestling. This is why they did not know what to do with Bart Gunn once he beat Steve Williams. <laughs> they did not know. And the sad part about all of this, Vince is largely to blame because Vince is the one who, appro- who, who created the Ed Farrar and Vince Russo problem of wrestling. Think about it. Those two guys knew nothing about wrestling. Vince McMahon said, do what you got to do to make the rut ratings pop and I'll filter through your ideas. So they're pumping out the ideas and Vince is, excuse me, is picking the ideas apart and deciding what works and what doesn't work. That's a real reality right there when you sit back and think about that. And if Vince Russo can walk into a locker room and be offended off of Bradshaw talking some shit, then you're, you are a walking pussy. You've never been fucked or been in a fucking fight. And you should not be talking about proving someone wrong. You, you, you've cost the company between 16 wrestlers, roughly $10 million. And this is where when, when, when Jim Cornette is correct when he says, you just cost the company $5 million. The problem was that people think $5 million is a salary. That's not what Dr. Death Steve Williams salary was with Jim Cornette is talking. If you really let's now let's remove wrestling. Now let's talk about just basic business one on one. If he was always designed to come in to go up against Steve Austin, that means you lost millions in pay-per-view buy rates, ticket sales, house shows and so on and so on. You had a guaranteed three pay-per-views in it. What if Dr. Death Steve Williams was the main event, could have been the main event of SummerSlam instead of, I mean, the, of the main event of Survivor Series? What if he was in the McMahon's corner? There were so many things that they cost, that this brawl for all cost the company. So you got to look at my t-shirt sales, my, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. When I was a kid, when he came in, I was, I was watching tapes I would buy from this place called Bargain Hunter. 
Bargain Bazaar in Brooklyn. And you would buy tapes and Dr. Def Steve Williams would be on those old NWA in, in, or late NWA tapes and also the old um, All Japan and New Japan wrestling tapes. So when you're buying Japanese wrestling, you're learning, hey, Dr. Def is legit. And a lot of the wrestling community knew who Dr. Def was. So when he gets knocked out, his career is over. How can he credibly go up against Stone Cold Steve Austin? If he can't even get past mid-card Bart Gunn. And Jim Ross bought and sold the bullshit too. Vince is not a moviegoer, he's a reader. I want to say this first before I say anything. Vince is not a moviegoer, he's a reader. I was told that when I was taught in talkings with that company. If you're going to explain it to him, don't explain it to him in a movie format. He does not get it. Vince is a reader. So obviously Vince Russo gets the job and Ed Farrar gets the job because when he reads WWE magazine, he's visualizing their fucking words as a part of his show. And he saw their words as commentary. Any smart man would. So, of course, if they're writing this phenomenal, these phenomenal magazine articles, then that's the direction it should go in. I'm not mad at that. Vince is the blame. Now, now let's swing it back. Vince Russo is truly to blame because through inception, he got Vince McMahon to do this. Again, this is the man that took on the NFL and tried and created the XFL twice. This is the man who thought he can compete with the bodybuilding companies and create a bodybuilding show. So, of course, he thought he can take on the world of boxing if this work. This is Vince's positive outlook on this. It's just the truth. So now Bart Gunn does what he does. Bradshaw not uh, loses the they they you can tell they cohort co I always say that wrong word but you can tell they manipulated the brackets and B- Darren if you look at the point system you do it yourself draws one he beat Bradshaw but they redesigned it because they wanted Bart Gunn to fight the Godfather they wanted Bart Gunn to fight Bradshaw Bart Gunn knocks out Bradshaw now it's Bradshaw versus Bart Gunn which went down eight twenty four um. And then Bart Gunn knocks out Bradshaw. Fucking cold. You do nothing with him. You don't put him on a break. You don't even put him in the intercontinental bracket to run with him. You build the success. And because Vince Russo got what he wanted. Because he didn't understand locker room talk. You still forgot to put over the guy. Who proved that he was the big dick hot stud in the room. Because all you wanted to do was get Bradshaw knocked out. Because you did not understand locker room talk. That is the saddest and stupidest fucking thing in the world. You got to sit back and laugh at someone like that. And then when you watch it, he doesn't even realize how wrong he is. He doesn't even realize... What he did, he cost the company millions. He hurt people. He destroyed people. It was not right what he did. But you know, pride before the man fall. This man's ego is sad and pathetic, and it made no fucking sense. Sadio Vega was never the same after that. 
He got severely hurt. You know what I'm saying? He got severely hurt. You never heard Bob Holly stayed in the company for years. The Godfather stayed in the company for years. Tuco Scorpio was pretty much out the door on his way into this. Eight Ball, you never heard from him again. Dan Severin ran, still left with his credibility. Steve Blackman got wore a cheese hat and got played the fuck out of later on after this. Barakas disappeared into whatever the fuck he went into. Probably went back into the bodybuilding world. And Road Warrior Hawk, Hawk went down the alcoholism road. And Bart Gunn, you wouldn't even let him run with the Intercontinental title or European Championship. You didn't even set him up to be a star. And I think, and then the punishment, he goes to fight Butterbean because now they can't let him be a stud. They have to take away his success. So you dust off the brawl for all and you bring it back at the 1999 WrestleMania 15. And he gets destroyed by Butterbean. The sad part about this whole thing, Bart Gunn even says to this team, the people in the back, if you want me to take the fall to Steve Williams, Dr. Death, a.k.a. Dr. Death, I'll do that for you guys. And they had and they had so much confidence of this fake ass macho bullshit. That they cost themselves the Steve Williams situation. Tore his hamstring out for six months, came back a year later, couldn't do nothing with him, and then shows up in WCW with Ed Farrar and Vince Russo making fun of Jim Ross and some sad ass Oklahoma angle, which disrespected Jim Ross having Bell's palsy and at that time suffering from a severe stroke. And his wife and his kids has to call him and say, do you see what's going on over there? Excuse me, I was taking a sip of my drink. That's extremely and flagrantly disrespectful. And then he goes to fight Butterbean, Bart Gunn, knock the fuck out. His career is over. I think that was done on purpose. Because you could not let the boy in the locker, you couldn't let the stud walk around the locker room knowing that he is the baddest son of a bitch walking God's green earth at that moment in time in that locker room. You couldn't let him have it. This business is about building stars. You should have let him see if he can become a star. You don't know the potential of a wrestler until you allow him to push potential. Potential is just potential if it is never pushed. If someone says to you, you got potential and you haven't accomplished your goal and your dream yet, nigga, you failed. That's a fact. That's a fucking fact. So now, here we are, so almost 20 years later to the date, over 20 years later, and Vince Russo, I'm going to review the podcast on this show. He did a whole thing about the brawl for all and what it was and this, that, and the other, and he still has no understanding of the amount of men that he hurt, men who had no training. And I think we're end up hurting Bart Gunn more and gave him less of a defense when he went to go fight Butterbean at WrestleMania 14 in 1999 was that he went and got training by Mark Merrow's training teacher for a few months. And then by the time he got in there, he was fighting with no skills. So he had he was doing less thinking. And by the time he got in the ring with Butterbean, he was doing more thinking, 
which was extremely dangerous. And that's what cost him that fight. Not saying he was going to win, but he shouldn't have been in the ring with him at all. It is what it is. With that being said, people, look, this should never be done ever again. I hope that the company learned their fucking lesson. We know that they didn't. We, we know for a fact that they didn't. But it is what it is. <sighs> Vince Russo, go fuck yourself. And the one person who's vindicated of the way he sees professional wrestling is Jim Cornette. This was, you know, the, you know, the dark side of the ring makes you realize Jim Cornette was on point. But this vindicates Jim Cornette for everything that he says about Vince Russo. And it's true. And I hope he gets to piss on Vince Russo's grave. I will kindly will him to that grave and make sure he can stand up and piss on him. That is one of my life goals. That's on my bucket list. With that being said, I thank you guys for listening to another episode of the important, no, I mean, excuse me, of Wrestlers With Experience. I am Dietrich Davis. Your co-host, Mark Knight, is going to be bringing you more content during the week as I am also. I hope that you guys listened to the show and enjoyed it thoroughly. If you got if you got any questions, email us at team ddod at gmail.com. With that being said, I leave you with the John Cena Hill song. I think I may make this the official official intro of the song. The end the official NWO theme for John Cena, allegedly. Never fall.